Hey there, we're so glad you tuned in today. We love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you by visiting our website at freedomlifeag.com. Welcome to Freedom. This morning we introduced this series of messages. The parting of the Red Sea is what I talked a little bit about. Miracle of the moment. I want to talk to you tonight for a few moments. Where God guides, God provides. And again, I'm going to continue with the children of Israel. God's people are always under his care. And the children of Israel have been liberated at this point from slavery. And the future looked bright. But now they face pretty, a pretty serious question. I'm homeless. Now what? Right? We just left everything we understood. We left everything we know. Now what? How do we become a people? How do we find our identity again? And where do we go next? As Moses was leading him out. The answer is ultimately, I want you to spend a long, long time thinking about everything you know about me. <laughs> the children of Israel should have, been a, should have been a short journey. But because of the murmuring, complaining... It became a lot longer than a few, uh, a few weeks, even a few months. It became 40 long years. There, there comes those times in our life where we feel the same way. Where we feel like, man, it feels like it's been 40 long years for me. And waiting to hear from God. But know this today, I want, I want you to know something here tonight, because this has been birthed in my heart, that I know that God is always present here, but help me to always act here in the natural, what is already happening in my spirit, man. Let me always act upon it, physically, the way I believe it spiritually. God is always personally involved, Right? God is always personally involved. He's always powerfully working. He's always providing and he's always patient. Can I tell you something? God has to be patient with us, doesn't he? If God did not have patience, we would not be alive. <laughs> Chuck us down a long time ago. Some of you are nodding your heads a lot. Wow. I'm glad I'm preaching to the choir. Hallelujah. One of the biggest truths God wanted them to understand is when I guide you, I provide for you. And that's my message here tonight. I feel like this is very important because I cast vision a few months ago. And so having a vision night following a night where I cast vision, I didn't want to be redundant. But I did want to share what's kind of in my heart right now. And I realized that the burden that God put in my heart years ago to start this church, a church that reaches people of all walks of life, maybe in a way that's slightly different than the churches that you, you grew up in, maybe different than your mom and dad's church. But nonetheless, the gospel of Jesus Christ has to be center or it's not really a church. My vision to see that happen is amazing. It's been an amazing journey, but it's so not over. 
it's so not over. Like he continues to feed in me ideas and thoughts. And I'm like, God, this is, again, this is bigger. And the next thing is always bigger than the last thing. And it started with something like get a few people at a bingo hall. Right. But then you, after that, it's like, now we need to build people. And then now we need to relocate because we're outgrowing the space. And and so everything got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I just kept believing for each one. And now we're staring $25,000 in the face going, God, what will you do with the people that are fully surrendered to you? I don't know what that looks like, but I know what we can do together. Where God guides, God provides. And when God leads you to do something, he will provide the people, the power, the resources, and everything you need to pursue that purpose. Yes. Let's read about it after post Red Sea moment. Can we do that? Exodus chapter 15, beginning of verse 22. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the desert of Shur. I want to I want to move into anything that's sure, right? Doesn't anybody want to move into something that's sure? When everything seems unsure. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Mara, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord showed him a, showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it in the water. And this made the water good to drink. And, there, and, and it was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their, their faithfulness to him. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent to the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. After leaving Marah, the Israelites traveled to the oasis of Elim, where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the water. Let me share with you a few thoughts. Number one, and this, these are long points. These are not typical points, but these are long points. Here it is. Number one, we follow God not because of what he does for us, but because he is good and worthy of following. We follow God here at freedom, not because of what he does for us, but because he is good and worth following. Is that right? He is a healer. He is a provider. He is our guide. He is our rescuer. He is our redeemer. But he is, worth of, he is worth every bit following, even if he doesn't seem to come through the way we thought he should. Is that right? Let's fast forward to Exodus 16 for a moment. Exodus 16, verse 1 through 13. I won't read them all, but I'll say this. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elim and Mount Sinai. And they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. And there too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. Some people you just can't satisfy. Miracle after miracle 
after miracle. And now they say, look what you've done now, Moses. Look what you've done now, Aaron. In verse 3. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There, we sat around pots filled with meat and ate the bread we wanted. But now you brought us into the wilderness to starve to death. Isn't the God that turned the, the water into blood able to provide for you? Isn't the God that split the Red Sea able to make up and make things happen for you? Isn't the God who created the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day, isn't he the God that can provide for you? Why do we get so fearful about what God can and can't do? The Lord said to Moses, verse 4, Look, I'm going to go down and rain down food from heaven. If there wasn't enough miracles, I'm going to go ahead and throw bread from heaven. Everything they need for the day. Can you imagine? You're just walking. I'm glad it was Italian bread. It's at least soft, right? And there they are. God provided for them everything they needed for each day. Over and over again. Listen, they didn't experience. I want you to clearly understand something that I had to understand some time ago when I read through the Bible. Here it is. They didn't live seeing miracles. They lived in a culture of miracles. They didn't just see miracles in the moment. They see miracles in movement. Because everywhere they went, there was miracle. Everywhere they went, there was something else God did. Everywhere they went, some God provided another kind of miracle. Over and, Listen, they saw ten miracles before they even left Egypt. How many miracles do you need before you have to believe? Right? They saw ten amazing miracles and they hadn't even left bondage yet. Those ten were just to convince Pharaoh. And then over and over. And he says, just in case you were going to forget, I'm going to go ahead and chuck some bread for you each day and show you how good I am. And for those of you that like bread, you know that is a blessing from God. I'm a butter bread guy. Praise the Lord. Okay, so that was weird. That got awkward. Um, it's okay to laugh, guys. It's the house of God. We can laugh. Just not at me. Um, number two. Here's my second thought I want to share with you. God provides not because of what we do for him, but because he's patient and he pursues us. In love. God provides. I don't know about you. But we are so much like the Israelites. We complain about life. And the wilderness. And the good old days. Uh, It breaks my heart sometimes. When I I call people that haven't been in church for a while. And I reach out to them. Like Pastor Tony. I just wish it was like the old days. I just hope to God. We're not like the old days. We're changing. We're growing, right? As people, we should be growing. We shouldn't be the same we were a year ago. Robert just testified. He's not the same person he was a year ago. None of us should be the same person we were a year ago. Why do we want the same of what was? Instead, God provides not because what we do for him, but because he is patient 
and pursuing love for us. So while the good old days provided spam, God says, please trade your spam for a steak. I have for you steak. Come on, somebody. I thought I'd get more amens than that. Gentlemen, where are you? You want spam or steak? What do you want to do? Amen, the next men's ministry night. We got quick steak over here. People not holding back. I tell you what. Why do you long for cans of spam when God has so much more for you? You settle with Egypt because it's attainable. But when, when, when God's blessings are attainable. It's a, it's a lot of grace, I know. Let me share this third thought with you. God gives us tests not to fail us, but to bless us even more. Did you know that God has never tested you a test that he didn't expect you to pass? God has always tested you with the idea that he believes you can pass it. That doesn't mean that you haven't went through a trial that you felt like is overwhelming. But he's never put a test in front of you that you cannot conquer. We don't see it that way. We see it, man, this is just another thing the enemy's throwing at me. And God's like, don't give him credit. Ah, that's, that's me testing you. Life is often testing us. Is that right? And so we're in the middle of opportunity to stretch our faith as a church. And we're believing God help us raise $25,000. And that's a big task, church. Big task. 21 days, 25000 But I want to challenge you. If your freedom is your home, pray. Ask God, where, you, where do you fit in this harvest offering? And the miracles that God has laid out for us is just the beginning. I love how John laid it out this morning. For those of you that were not here this morning, I'm sorry you missed it. Uh, John shared just a few moments about right before we received the offering and just said some wonderful thoughts. And if I could just recap something he said. He said, my dad was very, um, very selective on what he, you know, bought. Very shrewd with some of the things that he, but when it comes to seed, he always bought the best. He always bought the best. Why? Because he wanted to harvest the best. And so I love that analogy. It's such, so wonderfully put. And I realized that the children of Israel oftentimes didn't receive because they were so busy looking back. They had no time to look forward. Here's my final thought. The fourth and final thought. God ultimately wants us to see his biggest provision of all. The redemption offered by Jesus on the cross. When we see that redemption, it means so much more. You know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have this room filled with people. For Palm Sunday and for Easter. Last year, we had record numbers on both. Can I invite you to invite someone? Next week, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be having cards. This past two weeks, you've been having cards to invite people for Easter. Uh, the egg hunt. But next week and the following week, we're going to have some, um, some cards provided for you to invite people for Easter. And I want you to find somebody, five people maybe, focus on five people you can pray for to invite for Easter Sunday. Let's fill God's house on Sunday morning. And let's talk about the resurrection. Because I'm going to bring a message on Resurrection Sunday that I believe will bless the people that walk into these doors. Why? Not because I'm a great speaker, but because I believe in the resurrection and the power thereof. How many believe that with me? So there's a practical side and a spiritual side, and I'm going to close with this. 
God, on the practical side, God wants you to learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. He really does. And this year's theme is so that all may hear. That's not a fancy little catchy gimmicky thing. That's our goal. Our vision. You want to know what our goal is for 2018? To help people see Jesus in a way they never have before. That doesn't mean that we're going to be, uh, oh man, we're going to do something that no church has ever done. We're going to do some of the things that churches have done for years. But we're going to, we're going to cover them in prayer. We're going to cover them in prayer. We're going to love people right where they are. We're going to be a part of life groups, connecting with people, inviting people even to life groups. This is how we change the world. The great commandment and the great commission. Love your neighbor and tell the world. That's our goal. And the theological side, here it is. Jay, come on up here if you don't mind. Uh, I want, matter of fact, I'm going to ask the whole team to come on up. Because we're going to close in a, a song. I want to do that song that we, you did. What song is it? The last song. In, you are good. Or every praise. Whichever one you decide. But both of them are good. I love them both. Here's my thought to you as we close here tonight. Vision night has been always, um, some, it's been something I've been thinking about, but I've always seen it as an opportunity to cast vision, not just for what we want to see in 2018, but the seeds that we will cast in 2018 that will come to fruition in 2019. Should Jesus tarry? Do you know that God wants to do great things with you this year? How do we, how do we know that? Except that we believe it by faith. God has provided for you redemption, providing a payment for your sin through Jesus Christ. And so not one person, I don't want one person to walk in through these doors and not know about the cross of Jesus. It's about the cross. It's about the love of God. Not one person should walk in here and not know who Jesus is. So when we say we want to see you love God. Love people and change the world. You know what we're asking you to do? We're asking you to go, do, serve, and give in any way God calls you to do it. That's the mission of Freedom Life Church. Whatever that looks like to you, go, do, serve, and give. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Where God guides, 